Hello, sellers. Welcome to the How the Deal Was Done podcast. This show will feature fast-paced interviews with top sellers. We will hear the hard-earned stories, the challenges, and the learnings they picked up from their biggest and most memorable deals. We hope this podcast will give you a bit of inspiration and understanding for how big deals get done, deals that positively impact your customers, your company, and level up your career as a seller. Let's get started. Our guest today is Mike Miranda, founder at Optonal. And prior to Optonal, Mike was a top rep at GitLab, the most famous fully remote tech company in the world, a company that I truly admire and really looking forward to this conversation with Mike. Mike, welcome. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Awesome. Well, it would be great to hear a bit about your background, um, and then we can start to talk about the deal um, and and cover how the deal was won and, and how the deal got started before that. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a little bit of a non-traditional uh, way into tech sales, I would say. Uh, so I'm a big advocate for boot camps and people trying to break in. Uh, but I actually was on the pre-med track. A uh, couple, you know, keep a long story short, uh, found my way uh, into a boot camp, which gave me a temporary opportunity as an SDR uh, at GitLab. So I landed the opportunity and it was like a three-month internship. After the first month, they fortunately hired me on full-time. And then I went on to uh, in, uh, get promoted to a couple different AE roles at GitLab. Uh, so that's how I ended up in software. And then from GitLab, kind of noticed a few things that could be better uh, in the sales tech space. And so I went off to build Optonal, which is what I'm doing now. Wow, that is very cool. And so GitLab is fully remote. Um, where where were you based um, when you when you started there, and, and how was it being fully remote from the start? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's funny, like I didn't really know anything beyond all remote. Um, you know, when they first pinged me about the opportunity, I was living in LA, and you know what what happened was this boot camp reached out to me actually initially, and they said, "Hey, hey man, we don't have anything for you. Everything's in SF." Uh, and then a few weeks later, they're like, hey, we have this remote opportunity. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. And I saw GitLab's handbook and, and really worked hard to try to get that get that role. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was kind of, uh, you know, serendipitous. That is very cool. I'm going to link the GitLab handbook in the show notes. Um, I've taken a lot of inspiration from that. It's helped to help me create numerous uh, playbooks, wikis, and knowledge bases for uh, global teams that I've managed as well as consulted with. So very, very cool on the GitLab handbook and, and what it was like there. So uh, moving on to the deal, um, would love to hear about why you're choosing this deal and some of the details on it and how it got started. Yeah, so this deal is actually... Uh, it holds a special place in my heart because it can't, it was like a classic cliche deal where it literally came down to the wire end of quarter, last day of the quarter, uh, end of day type thing. And it put me over my target to have my biggest payout ever. And, you know, as salespeople, that's, that's memorable. We obviously want to be overachieved. We want to make, a, we want to make good money. Uh, yeah. So super memorable, super impactful. Um, and the feeling after Closing it was also quite uh, quite a learning experience. So it, that's uh, that's why I chose this deal. Great. Look forward to hearing about that. So um, just to set the context, we, we talked about GitLab, but if you would uh, talk about the product service 
um, who you all were selling into and then how the deal got started. Yeah, absolutely. So GitLab is a developer tool. Uh, and essentially what it is, is it's a single platform for the entire, what they call DevSecOps uh, platform or the entire DevSecOps cycle. So developers, uh, security, uh, operations, right? It all can fit within GitLab within a single pane of glass. Um, and so we sell into, typically we were selling into engineering teams. So when I started, it was pretty early uh, and that was the primary focus. But as the product progressed, we started getting more interest and really creating more value for security teams um, because what would happen, and, and I guess I'll get into this more in the details, but uh, what happened with this particular deal was it was honestly just a classic um, territory reshuffle. Territory shuffle happens. We've all been there. Uh, sometimes you're left with some duds and you get good stuff taken away. <laughs> taken away. Uh, in, in this particular case, uh, it just seemed like this was, you know, I had a lot of accounts and this was one that was handed to me and it was kind of stagnant. You know, they had purchased a few years prior, had stayed pretty consistent in terms of their licenses. Um, they were on like our mid-tier product. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of movement. And, you know, that's essentially how it got started was I was just doing a classic uh, account check-in. Honestly, it was early, uh, kind of early in like my AE closing experience and i could have done a much better job with the account intro that's probably a takeaway we, <laughs> that's can, a learning. we can talk about yeah. but um yeah i reached out and talked with engineering and they were good you know they they actually were kind of like yeah we're, we're cool good to know who you are and how to get how to reach you and see you later and you know i tried to engage with them and send them things that i thought would be valuable and uh couldn't really connect to build anything further and you know how the opportunity ended up getting started was i happened to be looking at some account usage stuff and kind of just looking into things and happened to notice that like a new team member was doing some stuff in gitlab and when i kind of like cross-referenced and checked out what was going on there it was uh, somebody on the security team and that was interesting because our top level uh, product is most valuable for security teams. So I'm, I was like, huh, this is interesting. Uh, and that prompted me to kind of start some outreach there. But that's essentially how it all kind of started and got put together. Okay. So they were an existing small customer and they weren't using the security product. And then you you noticed a, a product-led growth signal um, and, and that that uh, put you on the on the case. Yeah, exactly. And it was really, it was really cool because, and, you know, lesson number two for me at the time was the value of multi-threading, right? Um, in my mind, I was very centered around, hey, this, this, we sell the engineering teams, the engineering teams using it, great. If anyone else needed it, we would, you know, we might know, or they might have alluded to it in the conversation. But, you know, when I reached out to this person on the security team, they had really very little connection with engineering. And so what happened is they were trying to sell to much bigger clients and they needed this uh, particular security posture, whether that was uh, certifications or certain processes. And they had purchased a security tool for engineers to use and they hated the tool. <laughs> and so it was shelfware. Wow. And so him and his, uh, this particular gentleman and his counterpart were tasked by sort of from the top down, from the CISO to kind of the VP 
of security who ended up being like my sort of champion uh, to their, you know, two of his direct reports. Uh, those were the first people I spoke with. And it just ended up being this whole, oh, wow, there's this whole missing piece. Like they're trying to figure out what can we do to keep developers happy? We need this security posture, pressure's on us. And so they had this initiative and, um, you know, it turned out they were kind of investigating different tools and just seeing what, getting a feel for the developer landscape. Uh, and so when we had a conversation, I could share with them, oh, they, they love it. I mean, they're not looking to make any changes, but they're, they're happy with it. You know, they don't want me bothering them. They're good. Uh, but we had this uh, security feature set that really aligned with what they needed and it built right into the uh, engineer's ecosystem. So it really wasn't bothersome like the other tools they had tried to buy for them. Um, so it worked out really, really well in terms of this being a fit. Wow, that is great. Not, not too often is security seen as a revenue generator, but with the, um, the client's client, that, that seems like a direct revenue generation uh, business case. So I'm curious, had you seen that before? Or was that the first time that you'd heard of a situation like that? So it was actually pretty, it was pretty new. So this is one of those things where, you know, product marketing will try to educate, at least maybe I'm just stubborn, but you know, you, you get educated and you hear these things, but it doesn't feel real because you haven't experienced it. You have to see live. it yourself. Yep. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, this is why security is important because of this. And they have budgets for security. I'm like, well, not really seeing it. And it was kind of nascent feature set for us. Um, so this was like a real cool eye-opening experience to see like, Oh wow. Not only is this incredibly important from a business perspective, but they actually have budget to move on this. Um, so they could, you know, engineering, and security could essentially combine their budgets to, you know, purchase this upgrade. And so it offset some of engineering's budget uh, for the security add-on. So engineers weren't bothered by it. And then security could essentially just pay the difference for an upgrade. And it kind of made everybody happy. But yeah, it, that use case is really fascinating. It's one of those things where you're like, it sounds great in theory, but not until you see it really happening, does it kind of click that, oh, wow, that's, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a real thing that people care about. That's a, it's a great, great compelling event for, uh, to drive a, a nice security solution. Um, so your champion was the, the VP of security. Um, how did, and you talked a little bit at the beginning of how, how it got over the line. We'd love to hear the story of, of how the deal got done. Yeah. So once I connected, so it was just kind of like happened to see this sort of usage or kind of unusual user that I didn't recognize. Uh, happened to meet with him and his counterpart, and they're just dumping good stuff on me, right? And I like to think I was asking great questions, <laughs> but I think the 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 urgency was was there. Uh, so they, you know, once we kind of um, figured out, you know, this could be a really good fit for them. The next process was like, hey, we just want to make sure it meets these specifications. So once it did, I was able to meet with the the VP and kind of walk through, you know, what the process was going to look like. So there wasn't, it was interesting because there wasn't, um, this was like, yeah, so there wasn't a need for them to have it within that quarter, right? So for me, it was important, obviously, selfishly, <laughs> uh, but there wasn't, it was like kind of sort of a need and it wasn't, but as we were talking, it became apparent that, you know, rolling tools out takes some time right? It takes some time. So it, we kind of worked backwards from like, okay, if you don't get this 
if we don't get this completed and you don't get this in your hands by X date, you know, end of quarter, uh, what happens? And VP is like, eh, nothing really happens. I mean, we're, you know, we'll be fine. We'll probably need to buy it that month or whatever. She's like, okay. So, you know, walk me through how, and just purely out of curiosity, because this is a new use case, this is something that's like, talk to me how we plan on rolling this out. Like, do you have a good relationship with engineering? Do, do we connect these dots? What's the, you know, and so anyways, I was asking how they had tried to do this before because, it, you know, the other stuff had become shelfware and he had mentioned that taking a little bit longer than expected and et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of prompted a, hey, maybe we should get this done sooner. So you have it in your hands sooner and you could get started sure sooner. Yep, good things idea. are on time, you know. And uh, so he was like, yeah, OK, that's that sounds good. And man, it was so funny. We so I talked with him. Basically, everything was sort of lined up and, and buttoned up. And it was the Monday, uh, quarter end is ending Friday, and it's the Monday before. Him and I hop on a quick call, and they always say it's good to have uh, text communication with your champion. But, you know, you're still nervous texting them because you want to be adding value. You don't want to just be creating noise. And it feels, you just feel kind of selfish just saying like, hey, what's what's going on? What's the status? So we hopped on a quick call Monday. Um, he's like, hey, this this seems good. Um I think it was the CISO or the CTO who is ultimately going to be signing. Um, but anyways, so like, yeah, everything seems good, right? Wednesday, I talked to him. Uh, he texts me. I didn't hear anything Monday or Tuesday after the conversation. Wednesday, he you know texts me. is like, hey, just an update. Like, I think I think we should be good. Nothing. And Friday comes. It's like Friday morning. Last day. 10 a.m., 11 a.m., nothing. And he texts me and says, hey, um, I don't have visibility on if it's signed or not. Can you let me know if it comes in? And I'm like, <laughs> like, shoot, man, I'm committed. My manager's pinging me on this. My VP is pinging me on this. Like, this is supposed to be good to go. And he's like, yeah, I sent it over, and I think it's going to get signed. Like, I'm pretty sure you'll get it. Um, and so we're just kind of like, you know, hands up and everything's done. And like, he sent out the paper The you know, the contract is in hand. Um, and it came in at like five fifteen. Wow. Uh, and so it was like such a, it was weird because we knew it was going to get signed, but it hadn't come in. So it was like, you kind of missed the window to have this epic celebratory moment. Yep. And you, it just nerves. Wow. I was just so nervous. And uh, it closed and it was incredible. My manager's like, ah, like, you know, we're, we're excited. Last day. And it's so, there's such a rush because you're just, yes, we were, you know. Um, but it was funny because that was the biggest paycheck still I've ever gotten from that commission, from that quarter. Wow. And um, it was like uh, totally crazy and surreal. And also, I realized immediately like, oh, the, a new quarter starts Monday. Everything's like reset. And that's kind of the weird ebb and flow is like I could have in the same way that like if you have a bad quarter or a bad moment or bad something, it's like, yeah, you have a little bit of time to reflect on it. This sucks and whatever. And then it's right back. It, everything gets back to zero. And the same thing with the big win. So I, I was expecting to feel so much happier, so much more fulfilled. I'm like, yes, I got this check coming. This is amazing. But I really just felt kind of like, yeah, like it was so fun and exciting for the texting and the calling and the talking with my manager and trying to figure that out. 
Uh, and then once it closed, it was like, all right, cool. Like, uh, I thought this was going to be a lot cooler. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a great story. I, I think the, uh, that's the most detail that we've heard so far on the, how the deal was won, uh, or how the deal was done. And, and that is, that was an awesome, awesome story. The, the before, during and after emotions and, uh, great, great outline. Um, so, so Mike, uh, I'm curious, is there anything that makes you unique? Um, or a differentiator for, for how you sell? It's a good question. I don't, in short. I don't think I'm, uh, I don't think there's anything too unique. I think maybe the most, the in, most interesting reactions I get is when people find out how much I like to cold call. I don't mind it at all. Awesome. I think we're in uh, an environment where, you know, we have like the past few years, it's been, you haven't had to have kind of this full cycle motion. So I think some of the cold calling, some of the outbound muscle has diminished a little bit and that's understandable, but um, I I think it's good. I think it's good for the soul to have a little bit of experience, a little bit of that rejection. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm the expert. I think I'm okay at it, but I I just, something about it. I I enjoy. Um, And I try to, I try really hard to be uh, coachable, like as an IC, I think that's, a big goal is like, um, you know, people, some people know, um, some people you can see, I think it's harder when you have a manager that hasn't, maybe hasn't been an IC at, uh, for a while, or they have never been an IC at your company. For me personally, that's a little bit tough because I'm like, how do I know you? Like, I want to be confident that you can come sell me under the table, or if you come co-sell with me, something's going to happen. Um, but ultimately I think like, you know, uh, there's always an opportunity to learn and uh, but yeah, I, otherwise I, I don't think too unique, man. I, I try really hard. Um, I try to be, uh, really good. I try to care and that's worked out pretty well so far. Um, and now I'm call- cold calling as a founder. So wow. that's, yeah, the, the, that's fun. The phone does not have cobwebs. That's a, that's a great reminder. And, uh, it's, it's not a very busy channel. It sounds like you, you've had a lot of success with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, it's totally different cold calling engineers than it is salespeople. I think uh, salespeople are fun because they'll give you an opportunity, but they're also very ruthless, critical. Ruthless. Uh, and so, <laughs> so, yeah, there's pros and cons. Yeah, that, that's great. Um, Mike, as we wrap this up, um, is there anyone else that you'd want to hear how the deal was done, uh, hear their story? Yeah, so there's there's a few people that come to mind, especially at GitLab. I think there were some great sellers. Um, Kyla Gradine, she's a she's a manager now, but she's kind of been through all the different stages at all levels. Um, Lisa Vandekuj, sorry, Lisa, I, I I don't know the the proper Dutch pronunciation, okay. but she's great. And then um, someone who I would love to hear on this is a guy by the name of Timo. Uh, Timo shoot okay or shoot sorry Timo um he was very early on and something that was so impressive to me about Timo is that he was early very early at GitLab and as the company grew he continued to be successful every role it's just something I admire because things change. get harder yep things change new leadership new territories uh, but he he was always uh, crushing it and haven't caught up with him in a while, but he's someone I would love to hear some insights. Uh, I'm sure he's got some great details and some great stories. 
Awesome. Well, we'll have to go across the pond and I'll, I'll definitely reach out and uh, see if we can get them on the podcast. Absolutely. Great. Well, uh, thanks, Mike, for, for coming on. How can people get in touch? Yeah. So you can reach out on LinkedIn, uh, Z Michael Miranda, or go to optonal.com. Uh, we are a tool. Essentially, we're trying to build a tool uh, that builds more automation analytics on top of Gong, Google Meet, Zoom. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff being done there. Um, if you're using Gong or any of those other tools, would love to chat with you, get some feedback. Uh, feel free to go there and uh, check us out. Great. That's uh, a couple of firsts on this podcast. So thanks, Mike, for playing along. And uh, good luck to everyone cold calling. I'm Andrew Capel. Thank you for tuning in to How the Deal Was Done podcast. Don't miss out on more inspiring stories from top sellers. Subscribe now to stay updated and motivated on your journey in sales.